On this episode of Deal and Extend, we discuss Valve's new Linux-powered gaming console, the Steam Deck. This episode of Deal and Extend is brought to you by DigitalOcean and Bitwarden. Welcome to episode 67 of Deal and Extend. Deal and Extend is a community-powered podcast. We take conversations from around the Deal and community, like the Deal and Discourse forums, Telegram group, Discord server, and more. We also snag topics from across the network and give you our takes. With me today are my two fantastic co-hosts, the king of the super cubicle, Nate and Matt, the gaming powerhouse. How are you two this morning? Fantastic. I'm doing great. And Nate's super cubicle is being moved dot 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 dismantled as soon as this recording is done yes we'll get into that a little later huh <laughs> yeah so what's been going on this week nate i started playing around with pipewire shortly after our last recording not this machine i'm recording on but on my hp elite book because all of a sudden one day like the bluetooth headphones just started sounding like garbage and the difference between that computer and the one i normally record on right now the high fidelity thing was unavailable on that computer and i thought well why would that be everything bluetooth just all of a sudden just stopped working properly and this is my first bad bluetooth experience essentially so i thought well since i really can't break anything i'm going to go ahead and just switch over to pipewire and see how it goes it was actually remarkably easy to do and there were no hangups. Pipe was already installed, but I installed the Pipewire Alsa Pulse Audio module, and the Jackon was already installed. Rebooted the machine. Well, it still works, and I didn't really do anything. I didn't like say to use the Pipewire socket and all this fancy stuff I saw you had to do online, and it just worked. And I'm like, well, this can't be right. So I just started digging around some more, and sure enough, it's actually just working. The downside is in the OpenSUSE repositories in Templeweed, PulseFX 5.0 is not yet released, so I can't use PulseFX on it right now. But otherwise, everything else is pretty much tip top. Oh, and also like the simultaneous audio output thing that was in Pulse Audio. That's not currently available in Pipewire, but apparently there's a way to do that with Jack on the Jack side of things. So I need to explore that yet. As a drop and replacement, it works great. I don't know about the Jack part of it yet, but I'm pretty happy. I don't notice any difference in latency and I don't know if I would. So far, everything seems pretty darn great and I'm pretty happy about it. So I wrote a little article on it, Pipewire on OpenSUSE Tumbleweed. So if you want to you know, throw that in the show notes, a link to that. Cool. Awesome. I will totally do that. If you look at the show notes last week, we spent so much time talking about stuff in the introduction section and then our host related interest that there was just stack full of links because I figured everybody needed links to even the earlier stuff too. So we'll add that in there. Excellent. We will link all the things. All the things will be linked. All the things. All your bases. <laughs> That's really cool that it's working so well. I'm glad that the transition from Pulse to Pipewire is much smoother than when Linux adopted Pulse Audio. Yeah. I don't think you could have done more rocky than that though. That was pretty much, you know, <sighs> turn off highway. <laughs> That was turned off highway, go down dirt road, sandy dirt road, logging road in the middle of the forest. It was bad. Like the transition from Kitty three to four. That was fine. I heard that one was rough. I wasn't in the community at the time, but I heard that one was a pretty rough round of transition. It wasn't smooth for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was on Mandrake at the time or Mandriva, whatever. It was a bit of a ride. Yeah. A lot of ups and downs and distros adopting stuff before they're ready. Hmm. Novel idea. Matt, you don't have any uh, gaming things, I guess, on the horizon, do you? No, actually, I had to buy something to preserve my gaming things. 
normally I usually just use a compressed air cans as far as like my maintenance and stuff on keeping dust out of the consoles and that stuff. Unfortunately, compressed air gets really expensive really quickly. So I went and bought a new actual made for electronics air compressor because <laughs> to clean all this stuff because uh, compressed air has the cons of cans getting cold and all the other it just they're not conducive to good after a while on top of the cost. So I got this little handheld air compressor that has like all the, as you would say, Nate, bits and boops and all the other fun little parts that can get in at all the nooks and crannies for cleaning consoles. And I took it to my desktop fans and all the other stuff. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was fun until I had to tear apart laptops to clean those. That's never fun. Wendy knows exactly what I mean there. Yes, I do. That is definitely a task, a chore. Well, I had to take it to the fans in the actual laptops. So yeah, that was a fun time. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's better $50 investment than I had probably made in a while for my preservation of my electronics. Now, when you say it's made nice. for electronics, is it because of the attachments or they have some sort of like a moisture reduction feature on there so you don't like blow water in there with the compressed air or anything like that? Think of vacuum cleaner, but on the opposite direction. Okay. So so it's literally blowing air. It's mostly because of the attachments and it's handheld. It looks like a small watering can almost kind of deal. A lot of the attachments are meant for directing and compressing the air into certain directions. Like one of the brush tubes on there has the brushes and stuff on it. So you can clean out things like your fans and that kind of stuff. Oh, very cool. I haven't purchased any canned air because outside of turning upside down to try and freeze your buddy's skin with it, I really haven't used it very much. I basically just use a compressor, which I'm told you shouldn't because it can spit moisture out, so that could be bad. But mm-hmm. I'll just blow my fans out with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not good for the fans. It does bring Makes me a smile. Makes lots of noise. Yeah. <laughs> I've looked at the ones like you were talking about there, Matt, because I've been using compressor too and been looking at some of the others because I don't like the fact that some of the moisture and things can come out. Plus, they are really expensive. And I do live in a place that is expensive extremely dusty. That's one of the reasons on my case I have filters on the case that are removable and you can rinse them off. Dust is everywhere here no matter what you do. I'm really curious over the next few weeks how you're liking it and if it holds up. Like you, Wendy, my problem is more where my electronics are. Like you, it's a dusty environment and that kind of stuff just by nature of where it is. A lot of farmland, let's put it that way. Yeah. It's definitely a thing that I've needed to do. I don't know why I haven't thought about it because it's like, oh, why am I going to continuously spend anywhere from $4 to $10 for a thing of compressed air can every time? Or I can just get one of these. At the time I got it, it was $45. I did have to get it from Amazon because nobody else really had a reasonably priced one hit or miss on that one. out of 2727 reviews it's four and a half stars that's pretty good yeah for sure well i'm cleaning my electronics and all the other fun stuff that i generically enjoy wendy seems you're getting electronics i am <laughs> thanks to a super awesome community member sam H. Hunter, who decided that he just wasn't getting enough use out of his pine phone and his pine tab i now have my hands on both of these devices i'm super excited the biggest bummer was they showed up on Monday. Monday's usually day that I'm editing the show and I didn't get to play with them a whole lot. I got them unboxed. I didn't pull a Michael. They immediately came out of the box and I (laughs) turned them on an initial playing, but I didn't get to do as much looking into the different ROMs and all of that kind of stuff for them. On the Pine phone, the first one I tried was Manjaro Posh and that user interface, I just don't like it. It's 
very cluttered and I don't like all of my applications on front. That's been one of my biggest beefs with Apple. I know people are like, I don't care. I don't use my mobile device that much. I really like a clean interface all the way around. I do not have stuff sitting on top of my desktop. My desktop is just a plain gray color with nothing else on it. That's because my windows cover it. I don't need quick links there. That's what super key and typing the application I want is for. And I do not like clutter on my devices. So if you were to look at my Android phone, I have a third-party launcher on top of it. There is nothing there on the front except for the clock. And then across the bottom, I have the few things that I reference all the time. And if I need anything else, it's in the main drawer. That's just the way I like to do things. And Posh reminds me a lot of that garbledy gook where everything is all in one place and I just don't like it. After that, I went ahead and downloaded and installed the Manjaro Plasma version, which is actually looking pretty good, running pretty smoothly. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play with it yet, so we're still seeing where everything is and what the applications are. If I'd had a little bit more time to play with it before needing to go to town today, I'd probably take it as my actual phone and to just test it out, but I don't have enough stuff set up on it at the moment to take it out as my phone. I haven't got to do any playing with the Pine tab, and on top of it all, the Pine Time has launched and I have ordered one. So I will have a whole suite of Pine devices. So besides the Pine book... You will have every single product for Pine 64. Yes. And when the Pine books become available again, I definitely want one. (laughs) That's super cool. That is super cool. Thank you, Sandwich, for that. That is awesome. My question is, Wendy, so if you like clean user interfaces, Fosh didn't do it for you, obviously. Yes. You trying Plasma really doesn't surprise me at all. And being on Manjaro really doesn't (laughs) surprise me at all. I would actually like to hear what your take is when you get the chance when you try Lumiri, which is the Ubuntu Unity interface, but the Manjaro spin of it. That would be an interesting take on how you like your interfaces because... I will say one thing about it, at least on Ubuntu Touch, it's clean. And Nate, while you run Ubuntu Touch on yours, at least generically, yep. if it's got one thing, it's got that clean flavor to it. It does. The gestures on it make sense. It's super quick to interact with it because of how nice the gestures are. What version of the Pine phone is that? The 2 gig 16 or is that the 3 gig 32? Let me pop the back off of this really quick again. It's the 3 gig 32 model. Got the highest one that they have. And it's even the Manjaro version. So it's got this super awesome Manjaro logo on the back. And when I ordered my Pine Time, I ordered the clear case to go with it. Because of course, if I'm out and about with this thing, everybody must see the Manjaro logo. I mean, I totally get it. I totally understand. So we have the person (laughs) that has the unhealthy obsession with OpenSUSE. Almost, almost. Says the guy who's admitted that it's an unhealthy obsession. And now apparently we have a person with an unhealthy obsession who's the healthy person with an unhealthy obsession for manjaro hey nate works out too and it's not unhealthy i just have great enjoyment (laughs) for manjaro it has treated me very good over the last couple of years years and so i just want to share how awesome manjaro is that sounds like a weak sauce nate reasoning Just saying. Come on. I am not afraid to share my love of Manjaro. So there. There we go. Now the truth comes (laughs) out. 
It's just being transparent, open, and honest with the community, you know? I am what I am, and that's all that I am. That's right. Exactly. No, that's super cool, though. I look forward to seeing what you think on some of the distros and stuff that are out there for the Pine Phone, Pine Tab. I really haven't looked at the Pine Time too much as far as like what's there, but I'm definitely interested in I know I like 27 bucks. It's not that expensive to actually get. It's not that expensive, and it has some of the sensors that I already have on the watch that I'm wearing, so... I wear a smartwatch all the time. It's one of the things that helps me keep track of my workouts. It's part of the reason why the volume is never up on my phone because I don't need it to. My watch notifies me and so it's not making all kinds of really crazy, stupid noises. And now where I will have the smartwatch that I'm currently using, I'll get the Pine Time and I'll use them side by side. So I'll connect the Pine Time to the Pine Phone. And just as I'm doing my workouts and the day-to-day stuff, be able to compare the two and I know when it shows up comparison wise, right? The one that I'm using right now is I believe a third generation. So they've had plenty of time to work on it. Big name device and the Pine Time is still beta and probably even go alpha when it comes to software wise. So I'm not expecting it to be out of the box. Oh my gosh, fantastic. And being able to compete one-to-one. But I am curious as to right now when I get it, what are its strong points and what are some of the things that they're still working on? No, that's really cool. I always enjoy hearing people's adventures with, I don't want to call it niche hardware, more exploratory hardware, because really that's what the Pine 64 stuff is, is development and early adopter hardware. So it's always fun hearing how early adopters use hardware. And it's one of those things when I get the itch that I just need to scratch, flash some software on something that I can do that and get it out of the way and not have to worry about having to reload the whole new desktop or my regular phone. I can just go play with it and not have to worry about if someone can get a hold of me or not. It'll be a lot of fun. That distro hopping itch is still sated enough. Yes, exactly. This episode of Deal and Extend is brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new managed MongoDB service, which is a fully managed database as a service. With MongoDB, you can focus more on building scalable, high-performance apps and less on maintaining the database. Simply offload your MongoDB administration to DigitalOcean and let them handle the provisioning, managing, scaling, updates, backups, and security for your clusters. DigitalOcean built this service in partnership with MongoDB Inc. And together, they have ensured that you will get access to all the latest releases of MongoDB document database as they become available. As a listener of DLN Extend podcast and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free. Actually, better than free because DigitalOcean is giving you a $100 credit when you go to do.co slash DLN Mongo. Again, go to do.co slash DLN M-O-N-G-O and get started with your $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's new Manage MongoDB. We want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of DLN Extend. Speaking of new super awesome hardware, the Steam Deck has finally launched. It went absolutely crazy when it was launched. So much so, the Valve website dropped. People couldn't get payments in to get their reservations in. Last time I checked, and I should probably check again, in order to get the highest range model, you are now out quarter three of next year. 
And that's not for the people who already ordered it. That's if you were ordering it now. It was out quarter three. And so I'm super curious to see, as we're recording the show, if I can find the link to it now. Oh, now it's only saying it's out quarter two of 2022. So they must have been some people that dropped or they were able to get some more hardware just knowing that how many people were excited about. I was definitely curious. Reservations are only $5. How many people are going to go, oh, wait a minute, I can't get it and cancel this order? Honestly, I don't think a whole lot. The thing with the Steam Deck that Valve did a lot right was they made it almost generically in that $300 impulse. I don't like calling it impulse buy territory, but everyday user price, the stomachable user price. At $399, talking strictly based model they generically hit that most people will look at it as like okay that's a little extra saving that i have to do in order to get it but it's not like unobtainable whereas if you look at a gaming laptop what's a 3000 rtx series laptop going for like anywhere from 1200 to 1600 right now that's being generous that's being very generous on the low end they are spending in comparison is what i'm saying as far as that yes i'm saying the laptops for spending yeah 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 <laughs> well Okay, I'm only running a 20 series, so I can't say anything. And I got stupid lucky. Neither here nor there. Having ordered one, the experience, Valve, just going to say, please fix your stuff because that was super annoying as all heck to order. I got it in about an hour. However, somebody else... Nate. Yes. Literally just went online and clicked the order button and theirs went through. Well, no, that's not entirely true. The first time it said I wasn't eligible. I'm like, well, that's weird. Like I haven't had a Steam account long enough. I'm like, well, I've had it for a few years. So what's the timetable there? I actually was like, yeah, whatever. And I want to check it again because I want to look at the specs again. And then I says that little button changed. So I clicked to order. And then I had an error on the checkout. But then I got the confirmation in my email saying that I did indeed order it. So, you know, I think maybe you know, Steam probably likes me more than you because I never made any declarations at the beginning of the year that I'm not going to buy any more games. The server probably heard you and they're like, you know what? In fairness, I didn't tell you buy a game this time. I bought hardware. <laughs> sure. But you made that declaration earlier. Totally besides the point. Well, just saying, just saying. Now, Matt, not sure if you realize I'm not one to buy new hardware. I know this is kind of probably comes as a bit of a shocker to you. I tend to lean on the older bits of hardware, essentially. So I don't get excited about new hardware. I'm like, eh, whatever. It doesn't do anything for me. When I saw the Steam link, and I saw that it was essentially an AMD-based personal computer that you can do whatever you want with, with basically open. I just went for broke and I ordered the 512 model. It's not that I'm anti-Arch. I just don't like Arch and I think it's terrible. I will actually try <laughs> Arch for a while on it before switching it to OpenSUSE. I would like to see what the experience is like, dig into a little bit, see what they do with like the repositories. Maybe if they do something a little more Manjaro-like as far as ensuring that upgrades go correctly. You know, I'm sure there's probably some way they can manipulate the system to do as such. But I will eventually put OpenSUSE Tumbleweed on there. Personally, that's a better fit because better tested and so forth. I will give the Arch base a fair shot. You already haven't because you already says it sucks. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. I said, I think it's terrible. There's a little bit of difference. No, there really isn't. You're just talking semantics at this point. I should say four out of my four arch experiences have been a thumbs down. I had some good experiences initially. They didn't stay good. So they kind of deteriorated on me. So, but that's me. You know, it's probably due to my laziness and system administration of my systems and my lack of discipline, you could say, was the downfall. And that's what I worry about with the Steam Deck is the arch base. If you lack discipline and making sure it stays updated, what are the safeguards, the 
system has for that. I don't know. I at least know with Tumbleweed, I can be reckless and lack discipline and still be fine. Well, the thing that I'm hoping is that they kind of do something like what Gamer OS or Chimera OS, whatever it's called now, or uh, Endless OS have done with the way that the base system works. You can still play games and all that stuff, but the way it's essentially read only as far as the core system, but you can still do like flat packs and all the other nonsense and stuff if you really need to. I think that's probably the best way to have that stability that you're talking about, Nate. Arch can introduce problems. On the same note, Valve was always not the most fast people about updating even like SteamOS 2.0 and that stuff either. So I'm going to say they're probably going to take more of a Manjaro approach. So it's going to be a little more tailored. The hardware is barring storage is the same across the board, despite what model you get. I think it's probably going to be more tailored to the unit, if anything. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. And I hope it is. That will make for a better experience. My biggest concern, honestly, not so much my personal bad experience with Arch, but what it was for other users. I can fix myself out of a problem, but can the average user do that? Well, see, and that's where the question becomes is how are they looking at the? A lot of people have compared this announcement to Steam machines. I'm going to say they're vastly different because we had a conversation about when this product was in the we don't know what it's going to be stage when it was called the Steam Pal. We brought up things like the Anio, the 1X player device, and I believe the GPD Win 3 were all devices that got brought up in comparison. I think Valve, as bad as this is going to sound to some in the community, this is a Apple kind of moment because they're taking something that hasn't succeeded very well and kind of flipping it on its head with something that is more refined, better priced. I'm not going to call it say better research, but more defined and more well-rounded. I don't think that it necessarily hasn't succeeded very well. I think for most people where this type of product has been a little more experimental and the prices have been so high, there's a lot of people that just haven't been willing to fork over that much money for it. But you're right when it comes to price point for this hardware. Valve has done an amazing job to put together a nice hardware package. And then you're putting Proton on top of that, which they've done some major changes. So I think some of their promises right now were a little, we'll see if they actually get there. Ambitious. Yes, extremely <laughs> ambitious. And then they put it at a price point that like you said, most of these people if they're looking at, okay, I can't get my hands on an Xbox or one of these other gaming devices, this fits right into that price range for A, what I already had saved up or what I was already planning to spend or something like that. Whereas the A and Neo was, wasn't it right around a thousand dollars? Yeah, it was about a thousand if I remember correctly. And then like the GDP was like 1200, I believe. When looking at the hardware, you're right in the base hardware, your CPU, your GPU, all of that was the same regardless of model. As you go up, you're really paying for more storage. But one of the things that I loved about the 512 model was the supposed anti-glare glass. For me, that would be extremely important to have when I'm out and about and doing things just to help keep from getting headaches. The higher end does have certain things that are better for it. Like you mentioned, a better anti-glare display, but that's part of the higher price, obviously. So right. I think- that $400 buy-in price is not the barrier that things like the GDP Win 3 and the ANEO and stuff had going for them because those were niche products that, again, I can't say were successful, but I can't say that were. 
they weren't quite as refined as something like this and didn't have the backing of, you know, a billion dollar company to do it. The other ones were crowdsourced and that kind of stuff. And there have been some really cool pieces of hardware that have come out of crowdsourcing, Mm -hmm. but price wise, it's definitely easier for Valve to get better deals on the hardware than say something that's crowdfunded. Oh, definitely. Because they can take the console mentality to it. I know that's going to drive Vladex users up a wall. What I mean by that is they can eat more razor thin margins because they do sell the software. What a lot of console manufacturers actually do is when they make consoles, they actually sell them at a loss and they make up for it by the 20, 30% that they charge on game sales. When that new game is 60 bucks. And that's one of the really cool things about this device in general for people that are gaming. I really don't game that much. I haven't pre-ordered one. I know when I mentioned this on Destination Linux after show, most of the hosts were just taken aback and <gasps> offended. I haven't ordered one yet. <laughs> yeah. Life and bills, how dare Life and bills and buying a new car, right? I wouldn't say offended is the word. Or shocked. Not offended, but shocked. Taken aback. Maybe disappointed is probably more the word we want to label you with. Disappointed you didn't order one. There you go. Yeah, disappointed. (laughs) We can get into all the specs and all the other stuff if you really want to. We've kind of been beaten. That was covered a bit in Destination Linux, and I guarantee we will probably hit on it in Hardware Addict, so we can probably skip the main hardware specs. One of the things that fascinates me and I really want to get your guys' opinion on is Valve has said that through Steam Play, you should be able to play all of the latest AAA games by December. Do you think they will hit that goal? I think they're sweating. If Valve does one thing, they aim for the moon. They don't always succeed. Trust me. People want to make the Steam Machine comparisons. Look at the initial Steam Machines. They aim for the moon and man, did they crash hard. But Valve can actually count to three now because this is their third or fourth attempt at hardware. Good to know Valve can count past three. (laughs) Well, I'm glad they keep trying, if nothing else. They are doing something. They're not just trying and then failing and shrinking away into the ether. The first Steam machines, they didn't work out. And I don't think it was very compelling. The Steam Deck, this is a more of a compelling argument. It's not just a PC. It is something that scratches numerous itches, you could say. One, I like that Switch style form factor or, you know, Sega Game Gear or Atari Lynx form factor that's been around. Mm -hmm. And this brings that in a PC format. And something I thought about doing was buying a Switch and hacking it and putting Linux on there. Now you don't have to. Now I don't have to. Instead of spending money on a Switch and doing all the potentially dangerous things to it, now I can just buy a device and have my Linux and be able to play the games that I enjoy playing, which I think Among Us is going to be a great gaming experience on that device. Is Among Us worth 600 some odd dollars? No, but there are other things too. You know, it's just a fun device to have and to play these games. And it's built not with that closed mentality that most consoles are, but it's built in an open way. So you can choose to do with it what you want, essentially. They're giving you a path forward. If you want to desecrate it, you can put Windows on there and do your other stuff if you really feel like it, or you can upgrade it to OpenSUSE from Arch. So there's all these different options available to you with it. And that's why why it's very compelling to me. My biggest thing with this is, Wendy, to answer your question, I think it's ambitious to say what they will be able to play and what they won't be able to play. I know supposedly this is going to have the AMD's Super Fidelity FX stuff for the ability of it. A lot of people have compared specifically the GPU to a bunch of different GPUs and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into the exact specifics. From what I've seen, and granted this is only from what I've seen, things like Control and things like Jedi Final Order were running on the machine. Now granted this is an advertisement so take that with a grain of salt, but if you can get a game like Control at medium high settings. You need to step back just a minute and kind of explain what that game is because you're 
talking to a non-gamer here and I have no <laughs> idea what that game means. <laughs> Control is a very demanding PC game. It's available on PS4. It's available on Xbox One. It's available on the consoles. But if you play the PC version, it is very tweak heavy as far as if you enable everything, it looks vastly different. It looks super crisp. It looks super clean. Very high res everything kind of game. It has things like DLSS, AI support for super sampling from NVIDIA. RTX and everything that is possible with a graphic setting for a PC game is in this thing. So if I'm seeing that running at a medium high setting on a essentially an APU, for those of us that know what APUs are, that's pretty compelling. Does that explain what I mean? Yes, yes. The games that they're showing are like test bench type games. If you can get those to run at anything at console level or higher in a portable that's not based on ARM, like a Nintendo Switch or something, that is really, really a compelling case. My concern really boils down to, though, is how people are going to view this. I don't want Valve to go the same route they did with the Steam machines. Oh, install whatever you want. Cool, do that. But if you're going to make a console, sell it as a console or sell it as a portal to your store, whatever. My concern is if people just use SteamOS and not every single game works or et cetera, they're going to be feeling like they're going to be sold a bag of bad goods. That's where my concern lies. Yes, you can install Windows. Yes, you can do this. But I want people to understand that to me, this is how Valve should have been selling Steam machines originally anyway. Sell it as a consoleized version of your platform. So yeah, not everything's going to work. Not everything's going to be there. The thing that this has over every other console, you have an instant library of games. Not all of them might be playable, but you have an instant library of games if you have a Steam account already. With this particular console, you log into Steam, I have 800 something games on Steam last I counted. Oh no, I only have 600. Oh, wow. Oh no. <laughs> like whatever will I do? There are certain criticisms and stuff that I think are valid, especially with the reliance on Proton, is the anti-cheat stuff. I'm hoping Valve is able to work those issues out. I hope people like Tim Sweeney get off their butt as much as he is like, oh, this is cool. Awesome job, Valve. Here's an idea. Cooperate with them there, Tim. So we can get easy anti-cheat working in a workable state so people can play their games on whatever platform they care to. Because at the end of the day, to me, this is a console. I don't view it as a PC. I love the fact that the option is there to have it as a PC. If something doesn't work, whatever, if you need Windows, whatever version of Linux you want, that's cool. But to me, it's a console first that just happens to be a PC because it's really no different than a PS4 or an Xbox One. When you really look at it, they're a console that just happens to be a PC. But that's why some people that are not gamers are actually excited about this device. They really don't care about playing games on it. They like the fact that they can install something else on it that has absolutely nothing to do with games and that may lead to them actually selling more pieces of this hardware because there is this ability to do other things with it and not just use it in a console fashion. I'm not saying it's not a plus. The open nature of it is very much a plus. I'm saying Valve as a company selling it don't make the centerpieces install Windows because that's what they did with Steam machines. 
telling them to learn from their mistakes. And from what I've seen so far, they've learned. Keep that message as the secondary, not the primary. That actually brings up my thought puzzle on this, as it were, or my thought train. What do you think this machine is going to do or what kind of effect this is going to have on Linux adoption in the gaming space? Do you think we're going to see a significant bump, an increase in Linux usage? Or do you think we're going to see a just like a slight bump and it goes down and people install Windows? Or are people just going to leave Linux on there because that's what came on there and most people don't want to mess around with it? I'm interested in seeing what actually happens with this device. And if this device also answers the question, is the open device more universally compelling and actually more profitable than one that is locked down? These are all questions I'd like to see answered, but we'll see answered eventually. I think some of that actually depends on what it's like at launch and how defined they have the initial software that comes with it and how good those drivers are in the beginning. Because if that is really rock solid, even massive tech channels like Linus Tech Tips have already talked about this launch as well. If it gets really good reviews through some of these larger channels like that, I can see the possibility for an uptick for those people that had been on the fence between, yeah, I'd like to go to Linux, but I really like all my games and I don't want to worry about dual booting a system. It's potentially a way to get that push to try it out, but it has to be a good first user experience. They can't pull crap like AMD has in the past where they launched this super awesome graphics card, but they launch it with drivers that really weren't ready to go. And so it gets bad reviews out of the gate and then they don't sell like they should. What this brings as a Linux user is a potential uptick, obviously. A lot of it's going to be on how, again, to me, how Valve sells this. A lot of it's going to be that first user experience that really matters. If they nail that user experience where people are just like, oh, well, I can't play X because that's always the reason that we hear. To me, they put these artificial barriers in front of what they can and can't do on something. It really does boil down to whether or not people can be sated by the way they view this particular thing with the Steam Deck. Are you going to view it as a PC? Then you're not going to be happy probably with the base OS. I'm just going to be real because you're going to feel like it doesn't have everything you ever bought. Well, newsflash, the PS4 doesn't have everything I bought on the PS3. Why am I going to view something that I view as a console anyway, view it any differently than what it is? Is it open? Yeah, that's cool, but that's not why I bought it. I bought it for the form factor. I bought it for the hardware and I bought it so I can play some of my PC games on the go legitimately, not through streaming and all the other nonsense that we currently have as the portable way of doing. It's a great experiment. I mean, obviously there's a lot of money on the line for this experiment and they're not doing it for the sake of science, but it'd be interesting to see. I've always had this belief that if a company built a machine for the people, for the masses, I guess, you know, which means nerds and consumers alike, that machine will ultimately be more successful in the long run. You know, when you look at some of these older devices that are still alive, it's because they were opened up, allowed people to kind of hack on them and do new great things with them. I'm kind of of the belief now that I think that it's possible that this will be a success because of how open the whole system is. The initial Steam machines, they didn't sell them like a console. They didn't show the easy nature of a console ready to go with X amount of games out of the box. They tried selling it as a PC that just happened to run a consoleized UI. Oh, well, we put it in Steam Big Picture mode on Windows, so it doesn't matter. Right. That's where I'm saying that it really matters. 
Nate, you work for certain companies. People like multifunctional, but really at the end of the day, they really only use generically like one, maybe two functions out of a device. Right. But different people enjoy the different functions. So consumer A might like functions one, two, and three. Consumer B might like three, four, and five. Consumer C might like one, three, and five. Yeah, you're probably right. The more features you have, more good quality, solid features you have, larger appeal it has to an audience. And that's what I mean. The open nature appeal will appeal to us geeks and nerds and that kind of stuff and see what we can do with it. Message that experience to us, but your mass market messaging needs to be, here's your console on the go kind of stuff. I want this to succeed. I really do because I think this solves the chicken and the egg problem. We as Linux users have always talked about, you know, oh, well, it's just niche companies making rebranded Clevo machines and all the other stuff. There is not a bigger influential name in gaming and really in tech because of things like VR and stuff than Valve. That's true. My question is, are the Linux users going to support it or not? And that's really on the community to support it. So far, I've seen lots of Linux users inside our community being extremely excited about it. So at this point, I don't see there being a lack of support for it. But I also think that initial launch needs to be rock solid. Totally agree. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing to see what happens there. Yeah, because let's hope the video card actually works on like the uh, Vega 56, Vega 64, 5700 XT, 6700 XT, 6800 XT. They haven't had that problem with their CPUs. It's really been with their GPUs and just Mm -hmm. not having drivers, good, solid drivers pushed out. Yes, the cards can do those things, but on launch, they haven't had, they as in AMD, usually haven't had the drivers out there to support all of these functions that they're promising. So then it gets in the hands of the testers and the people who initially buy it. Then they're really bummed about the performance of it because while this card could do those things, if the drivers were fully hashed out at the point that it's in the hands of the reviewers and the first people, it isn't good. And so the hardware itself doesn't sell good. Then you have people that are going back and saying, hey, I have one. It's been two months, three months, we've had driver updates. It's running absolutely awesome. This is so cool. But you've missed that initial hype. I don't want to see that happen with this. Yeah, I totally agree. With them partnering with Valve, I think that'll be a better user experience because of that partnership, that tailored experience with the device, whereas PCs as a group tends to run the gamut as far as what's in your system, whereas this is more standardized. So I think that might help it. And that makes me wonder if there's some of these games that'll play really good on this handheld device and not as good on PC, even though you're still playing it in Steam with Proton. If you're using the OS that is supposed to be on there or that it comes with that has all of the additional drivers and tweaks and stuff that is made specifically for that hardware and using it for gaming, that that overall would be the best gaming experience on the device. I definitely think that's probably going to be the case more than likely. It's kind of like, where do you want your definitive version to play a game on Linux and Proton Steam Deck? There you go. This episode of DLN Extend is brought to you by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the passive manager we use and trust. It's the easiest, safest way for individuals, teams, businesses, and organizations to store their passwords and other vital sensitive information. Bitwarden lets you choose the authentication to access your password manager, such as PIN, master password, and adding phrases or fingerprint security, all to keep your passwords safe. Go to bitwarden.com DLN to get started for free.
Bitwarden is a password manager that I use and trust because Bitwarden is 100% open source. It has extensive security audits. It gives you the ability to self-host if you so choose. So go to bitwarden.com DLN to get started for free. It's only $10 for a premium account, which gives you one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, Duo, Vault Health Reports, and more. Make the smart move, like many from the community have, and go to bitwarden.com DLN to get started for free. If you're like me, you'll want to show your appreciation by signing up for the premium edition, especially since the premium edition starts at only $10 annually. Bitwarden has saved me from getting into a serious jam numerous times. Now, you wouldn't be able to pry it from my cold, dead device. Thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of DLN Extend. Let's jump from talking about hardware that is meant for gaming and see what your game pick is this week, Matt. There's a new game that is coming native to Linux called Splitgate. This was a game that's been on Steam for quite a while. The best way that you will ever see this game explained is Halo meets Portal. It's obviously an FPS, but on the backside, one of the gameplay elements is creating portals and moving through them. So you never know where people are really going to be. So this is a interesting dynamic to like arena shooters and stuff. I'm really curious to see how this is. I held off on playing it and really checking it out because they had mentioned about looking for Linux support, like native Linux support, and they've made a bunch of really cool uh, marketing posts for this. And I'm usually not one for marketing, but the fact that they're actually like advertising like, hey, this is coming to Linux is super cool to me. It's free to play. There really is no barrier to entry. And the specs, as far as what they expect in system requirements, it's not a lot. I think the minimum requirements is a GTX 660. So for those that don't understand, that's like a 2011 video card. (laughs) Give or take. Yes, I'm all set. The requirements are fairly low at this point for what they expect graphically. It just looks really fun. Trying something a little different. Kind of reminds me of Metroid, but 3D. Metroid would be too new for you, Nate. Metroid is on the uh, Nintendo. Still too new for you. <laughs> oh, That's like mid-80s. Still too new. Not a new game, but a new to Linux game. Yes, new to Linux. Originally came out in... 2019. It's definitely one that is to keep an eye on and i like the fact that they're promoting the fact that they're coming to linux because when steam announces they're like hey guess what you don't have to worry about proton you can play this native on linux <laughs> we'll play it on the marketing it's definitely one of those games that can almost be our new ballistic overkill Ooh. i can see that how many players can you have compete against each other at once that is something i have not looked into as far as the overall map size and that kind of stuff I'm assuming it's probably like a 16 player. Usually most of them are. Yeah, none of the documentation on the Steam store says how many players are in it. You'd probably actually have to get into the game to see. To give an indication of how well this game has been received as a free-to-play game, I mind you, because most people have essentially a free-to-play with pay-to-win kind of games. Yeah. This game has 15,804 reviews. Steam overall rating is very positive. The most recent reviews of 2,316 still have it a very positive. I'm kind of hyped for it. Not going to lie. Yeah, I totally get it. It looks like a fun game. Not a, not a Nate game, but... Well, I mean, it's not like gratuitous violence. It's just more cartoony violence. You know what the art style of this reminds me of? Do you remember the game's Tribes? Like the Tribes games? Mm-mm. Like Tribes Ascend and all those? That's what this art style kind of reminds me of. You probably know them better as Earth Siege. No, still drawing a blink, bud. 
Wow. <laughs> Those are old school FPSs too, dude. I mean, when you say old school FPS, I think Doom, Heretic, Descent. So <laughs> they're like 97. Like they'd still be within your realm of old school games. 97 is pretty much at the end of my gaming years. We'll just have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll take some work. While I'm talking about video games and all the other stuff, creating portals, Nate, you seem to be creating a portal into a box. As soon as we're done recording here today, I'll be dismantling my super cubicle, boxing it all up, except for like the furniture pieces, pulling all the shelves down, you know, the monitors off, everything else. Getting ready for the big move tomorrow from time of recording. I do have one hanging chat when it comes to issues. The internet thing is not resolved yet. I have a temporary solution. I did put my name in the hat for the Starlink. So we'll see if and when that happens, how that works out. I put the deposit down on that. I won't have internet like not as bad as Wendy. It won't be as good as what I have right now. Provider I have right now does not bring it to where I'm moving to. It's like 300 or 1,000 feet away, something like that. Just far enough to give me issues to run a line. Let me go with the Starlink instead. And uh, it looks like Mr. Musk says that the latency is going to continue to drop on the network connection. Already looking at the current national averages, the upload speed would be better than what I have now anyway with my current provider. So could be an improvement. I guess we'll find out. It's the end of an era of my life tomorrow the last night in my house. It's really kind of weird and surreal. Lots of excitement with the kids, a little bit of sadness with one of them because it's the only house they've known, basically the only house they've known. It is what it is, but it's time to move on, move up and uh, say goodbye to the super cubicle and hello to what I'm going to call cubicle labs. There, there's the name. Ooh, you finally told us. Yay. I like the name. Cubicle labs is really cool. Well, it's going to be more than just a cubicle. I'll have a lot of different equipment, better equipment, be doing more than just computer things. Although it's pretty much going to be open SUSE centric because that's just who I am. No, we didn't know. Yeah, I have this like almost unhealthy <laughs> obsession with the open SUSE project. And I'm very proud of that. <laughs> Well, it's nice to meet you, Nate. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you too, Wendy. So you have a totally unhealthy <laughs> obsession now. Yeah, Matt, you always want to put words in my mouth. I know how you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> For those that want to know, go back a couple episodes. Nate admitted it to it. So. Uh, I don't know what you're saying. I, I don't know. This will be the last time recording here. If I can't get the internet thing worked out by next Wednesday, I have an, an offset recording solution already set up. So no disruption in my DLN extend. Awesome. Well, hopefully the internet's all smoothed out and you can do it from the new place. I am hoping because, you know, we have a game fest coming up. I understand, Wendy. Is this true? Yes, we do. There's actually several different community events that are coming up on the calendar. The first one is July 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern or midnight UTC. Sorry, guys. And this is the Pseudo Show Hangout. If you haven't caught it yet, it's always a bunch of fun. The guys are really awesome. So make sure you jump into the Pseudo Show Hangout on July 29th at 8 o'clock Eastern time. I'm looking forward to that. The last hangout I was a part of was tons of fun. So I got really good information there. A lot of links to pages to kind of help me improve a lot of my knowledge base. So I highly recommend the Pseudo Show Hangout. You're going to come in there. Even if you try not to, you're going to learn something. Absolutely. And then after that, we have the live DLN Extend on August 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. UTC. This is one of those that all of our European friends or most of our European friends can get in on, chat with us for a little bit. It was so great to see you last time and I can't wait to chat with you all again live on August. August 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern for DLN Extent. I had a lot of fun last time reading the stuff in the chat. I don't want to say trolling, but let's say like the gentle trolling. 
if you can call something like that in the, in the <laughs> chat, I think was just so much fun. I get a kick out of that. Definitely love the live interaction with the audience. It's great. It's always fun seeing that quicker feedback as it were. Yes, quicker feedback. And there were some of the things that were brought up in that chat that really added to the conversation that we were having. So I can't wait to do that again. I just know Matt struggled because he had to be on his good behavior. I do apologize for the sake of Matt having to uh, contain himself. Hey, I'll have you know <laughs> this particular episode, it was all bad when not bad math. Uh-huh. Sure. I have no idea what you are speaking. I don't know what you're saying either. I'm I'm drawing a blank here, Matt. <laughs> Liars, each one of you. I have a standing desk. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't lie down. Exactly. I'm standing at my standing desk too. Lastly, we have the super event that's coming up. That is on August 22nd at 3 p.m. Easters, 7 o'clock UTC. This is the Lug and Game Fest wrapped up all in one right after Destination Linux. This is going to be an absolute blast. There's a schedule being put together of some of the games we're going to play. It sounds like we're going to ask each other some questions and it might get a little entertaining there in the beginning on the Lug part of it. Make sure you're joining us for this. I cannot wait for August 22nd. It's going to be so much fun. Absolutely. And just one more thing before we go. DLN Extent has been releasing on Tuesdays. We are now going to be changing to a Wednesday release date next week. So if you don't see us on Tuesday next week, it's all right. We'll be around Wednesday. We'd like to continue the discussion with you on Telegram, in Discourse, Mumble, or Discord. Visit the DLN website for information on how to connect to the social channels and all of our shows and creators at destinationlinux.network. For more information on me, you can go to cubiclenate.com. Links to my regular written blatherings podcast and YouTube channel can be found there. And you can find all my random ramblings on Twitter at MattDLN. You can find me on Mastodon at WendyDLN at Mastodon.online. Be sure to check out the DLN merch store. Grab yourself some awesome DLN Extend swag along with stuff from across the entire network. As always, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another awesome episode of Deal and Extend. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Anyway, yeah, I'm very excited about it. You've known me for quite some time now. And how excited have I been about... Actually, Wendy's not here. What happened? You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Do we wait? Hold on. Let me check uh, Element. Is he having internet issues? I don't know. So what do you know about B&H? Are they any good? To answer the question, yeah, I think my internet just crashed. Quote Wendy. We can wait. Uh, Yeah, Wendy, you don't hear anybody because, well, you're not here. (laughs) All I'm going to say, Nate, when you are willing to spend $650 on a you might view it as a PC. I'm viewing it in the frame light of a console. Just say it. Well, I'm view- well, okay. I'm not a big time gamer. I try to pretend that I could be. <laughs> well, okay, let's be real. You know as well as I do, as soon as you get this thing, the Arch-based SteamOS is going to go bye-bye and you're going to install OpenSUSE on it. I'm back. There we go. I think I just now need to make sure that, because your guys' recording kept going, but mine didn't. So I want to see. Yeah, you got to check the back end to make sure it's. Yeah, because I didn't stop the recording. You all recordings, 67. Okay, so it's got two for me. So where I stopped, where I reloaded, that's where it has it. Okay, should be good to go. Just makes sense. Adding a little more pain in the butt. That it does. Yes. I have to add an extra me. Wendy, but you have to use tenacity. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes, I so had to do the dad joke. Yes, yes, you did. Okay, so. All right, now I got to remember where I was at. I was making fun of Nate. Or Nate was talking about his uh, ordering. Okay, and last I heard you were talking about something, so I didn't hear his talk about ordering or maybe just barely before it dropped. I kind of threw it at him and he said something about me buying video games for not, not a year. I was saying I'm not one to order new hardware. Yep, there we go. That was when we noticed. Yeah. Wendy left. What happened to Wendy? Guess take it from there then, Nate. Okay. I maybe I shouldn't go to town. I have to go pick up my husband's ice cream cake, but maybe it's safer if I don't go to town today. <laughs> safer for the world. Actually, I probably need a coffee first. I haven't had any coffee yet. I've done That's my workout without why. That's the problem. No coffee yet. That's it. That's it. Time for coffee. That's why. 